but I just think we've been kind of that comfy couch for a lot of people over 20 years where they could come in and just kind of let go like I don't even know where to begin here's my story and at the end of that it's either us or somebody else but we can direct them it's like just giving them that first step so they know where to go first man it's 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 rewarding Welcome to the Community Conversation. Uh, it's both brought to you by and really hosted by Community America. And while some people know who Community America is, maybe you don't. But what we know is that we have a compelling, interesting, and impactful story to tell. And our goal with these conversations will never be to sell Community America's products and services, but rather have important conversations with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Today, I'm joined by Heath Birch, Wealth Management Director at Community America, whom we're going to get to know shortly. I'm Matt Johnson, also of Community America, and today we are your hosts. You'll most definitely be hearing from the two of us regularly, but not solely as we continue to develop and engage in meaningful conversations about topics of interest to you. Community America was built on the principle of people helping people, and we've been doing this for over 80 years. We began as TWA Credit Union in 1940, and over time blossomed into what we are today, a Kansas City-based credit union with more than 250,000 members serving the greater Kansas City area, with members spread across the United States. We're guided by our mission of delivering financial peace of mind to people no matter what life stage they're in. And we don't just say we put the customer first like so many others do. We don't have customers. We have members that belong to something better. And we put them at the heart of everything we do. With that, let's get the conversation going. Heath, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, man. What's up? (laughs) Tell you about me kind of a curvy path to get to a credit union. You know, you don't ever think when you're in the the wealth management business, the end goal is a credit union. We're just not known for that. But what a kind of a cool place to end up when you didn't know what's where you're supposed to be. So my kind of the short version for me was straight into the business out of, out of college, doing the same thing every advisor does, which is your kind of traditional retirement planning. And you, know, you start off managing investment portfolios for families, but pretty quickly found a was kind of a really cool passion in the business. Uh, thanks to a business partner of mine, we we got really heavy into special needs planning, which is I would just say you're 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 doing more than managing money. You're you're taking care of a family's future and and more importantly their son or daughter's future that has special needs. So we got into that and just loved it and decided to just run with it. So we we left the firm we were in and started a company called the Special Needs Planning Center and and ran at that for a decade and and loved it but grew a lot doing it. Just understood that, that real wealth management has nothing to do with the money. There's just, there's something behind it that's driving a person to to want to take action. And so you're just kind of the concierge or the catalyst to help them through that. So anyway, did that for a decade and then was was really fortunate to be introduced to somebody in, in the credit union, Mike Haggerty, and, and was approached initially about just coming to do what we do or did at Community America out of, of kind of this common common belief of, of service. And so credit union, you know, I think is kind of universally known for taking care of their members and caring. And that's not to say other financial institutions don't, but I think there's something unique about a credit union. And the practice that we had was very much about that. There were meetings every day that had nothing to do with, with investments. In fact, most of the people that came through our office never became clients. They were just looking for help. So came to Community America to do that and, and 
and continue to do that in, in some capacity. But as the credit union has grown and wealth management has grown, just a really cool opportunity in and around Kansas City to, to deliver wealth management to more people through through the credit union. So I've kind of shifted a little bit and I still take care of, of some clients, but carry broader responsibility now for the group and love getting to wear both those hats. What, um, <clears throat> you know, I, this could go so many directions, but you, you've used the, the word wealth management. And I think internally we, we've talked about that vocabulary before. Yeah. And when we even had a campaign a couple years ago uh, that was called wealth, de- redefining wealth, right? Yep. Wealth is, and if you ask a lot of people to define it, they would say money, yeah. big vacations, you know, big cars, big house, um, you know, and, and so I think that can be an intimidating word. And yet as a credit union, right, that's here for the, the little man all the way up to the affluent, right? I mean, we, we, we take care of everybody. We embrace that term wealth. Yeah. And, you know, can you tell me what that means to you and, and, and why we've really gravitated that, that direction? Yeah, I, I think it, people in some way find it exclusive where they, they feel like I don't have enough or I'm, I'm not wealthy and they attach it to some, some arbitrary dollar amount that's different for everybody. But wealthy is where you are. It's, you know, wealth for someone who is starting a family is very different for wealth than somebody who is thinking about retirement. Mm-hmm. But to, to me, wealth just kind of encapsulates all the things that kind of fit into a family's plan. And, and to me, money is kind of the, look at it as the tool. Right. There are you face different problems, different challenges. You have different goals, kind of depending on where you are in life. And money's one of the tools to kind of help solve some of those things. But it doesn't have to be a certain dollar amount. I think it's it's progress and just kind of capturing where you are and finding some momentum and building towards a plan. And, you know, the reason why it's so different from person to person is that the end goal is very different from person to person. I, 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 I don't know. I think. For us as a credit union, what I take pride in is that wealth really could be that very first conversation, which is, I don't have anything to invest, but I want to learn. You know, I just want to know where to start. And it could also be, I'm, I'm proud to say, somebody could walk in and, and be very affluent, have really complex needs and face really big challenges. And I think we're comfortable handling both extremes. So there's, to, to me, I'm proud of the fact there's some diversity in our group where somebody could walk in and their wealth could be whatever it is at that time, but we have the ability, I think, to sit with them and at least start that process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, so we're small but growing, right, yeah. in, in this field. You, you, how many advisors are there? 22. 22. And yet I'd say it's a lesser-known fact that we even offer this as a service. I mean, we have that problem yeah. across the board uh, in, in quite a variety of things related to banking, but certainly in this area – you know, why is it that you think people don't necessarily think of us, right? Why, why don't they think of you guys or, and then once they do, um, or, or what challenges do people have as they, as they enter into the door? Yeah. I, I alluded to it earlier. I, I admitted that as an advisor, credit union's not where I thought I was supposed to end up. It's just, it's, it's, we're not connected to that, but I, you know, I, I think we're in part a solution to a bigger problem where, a lot of people don't feel like they have access to good advice until they have a certain dollar amount because you get inundated with commercials and, and radio spots saying, if you have a half a million dollars, we'd love to talk mm-hmm. to you. And it's not the way that it should be. I mean, it, part of our calling, part of what we have to do is have advisors who can comfortably sit with somebody who's starting their plan and comfortably sit with somebody who's got $20 million and it's as much, you know, they're down the road a ways. Um, but there's not a number somebody should have to have to, to, to get to us. And so the, 
you know, credit unions aren't necessarily known for that in part because um, a lot of credit unions don't do it. Right. You know, I don't know that a lot of banks or credit unions do it really well. I think, I think you can fall into the trap of being a bit transactional in those settings. I think part of what we want to do is, is help kind of help families move past that transaction. Like sometimes there is a, a defined problem. Somebody needs help working through. And so our job is to help them work through it. But in most cases, what you're trying to get them to do is take a, a more comprehensive look at where they're at and kind of get in front of future problems. And I, I just think that's consistent with what credit unions do. So it's me, it's a natural fit. Yeah. You know, we're just going to kind of fight against that stereotype that, that credit unions aren't big enough to do it. Well, we are. Sure. And fight against that stereotype. You have to have a certain dollar amount of money. You don't. We can meet you wherever you're at. I think even beyond that, I think that, that you know, some of that, that misperception is that we don't have all the tools that a bigger financial institution would. Well, you know, I know I've shared with you in the past, I think a lot of this stuff's become a commodity. I think most big financial institutions have the same stuff. So walk in and see us, walk in and see somebody else, you're going to see similar tools. I think it's about the delivery and kind of how you manage that relationship. Right. It's about relationships, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, per- speaking personally, I mean, money can be embarrassing to talk about, sure. uncomfortable to talk about, especially to a stranger, you know, and if you're in your 20s changing jobs for the first time and taking a 401k with you, I don't know what to do with that. You're yeah. like, I guess I'll just, I don't know. I mean, wh- what do I do with that money? You know, I need to roll it somewhere. Maybe you roll it into the next one. Like I, I, there's a beginning point that you're, that's your entry into the world of investments or planning. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, as you grow in your career or grow in your family life, I, again, I'll speak personally. I, I'm not afraid to say it. You know, we, we invest in the life that we're living yeah. and it's hard to see the forest through the trees a little bit and, and think, okay, man, when we're empty nesters or the kids are finally out of college in two decades, <laughs> um, you know, what, what's next in our life and, right. and how much life is left, you know, so how do you approach that? I mean, you, you, you talk about having the similar tools. I think it's great. I know we have that. And, and I think in many instances, we probably have even better ones because we've grown from maybe a, a little more contemporary state. Um, but you know, you, I've heard you preach on this man and I love it. So when, when somebody walks into a, a, a larger firm that has, you know, all the bells and whistles and they've got those ads that talk right. about the half a million dollars to invest, you can expect one experience. But if you come in to the office of Heath Birch or one of your 22 other advisors and, and what, what experience might they, might they expect? And how do you break that barrier of it being awkward to talk about money? Yeah, no, good question. I mean, I, I, I hope it feels different. I, I think, I guess I should preface it by saying, like, this is not a critique of of larger firms or how they do it, right? There are some very successful firms locally that I think what they deliver is great. And they, they've grown to, you know, they aren't measured in millions or billions or measured in tens of billions in assets, right? So I, I can I can appreciate that success. But I think oftentimes the people that are drawn there are drawn to that name, and they, you know, there's a room of people who are there to kind of take care of your plan. And the truth is, at the end of the day, there's somebody who's got to quarterback that process with you. And I just, you know, I believe that the, that the way I would want it delivered to me personally and that, that the clients that choose to work with me or any of our advisors want to deliver it is this more personal one-on-one interaction. Like I am, you know, to give you the stories of the crazy things I've done for clients that have nothing to do with money where it's more of a problem solver and you, you act a bit as a, a concierge, I think you're you're trying to simplify the relationship for somebody so that it's not so stressful. Yeah. Like in, initially, this is kind of tying into your other question. Like there's there's this reluctance to even sit down and have the conversation because you feel like you should have done better, or you should have done more. I, I mean, I've had countless people walk into my office and cry in these conversations because they just want to get it off their chest. 
you know, I, I think once you break through that barrier and they understand that the intentions are aligned here, like you want to help and they get past that, from there forward, what they really want is someone to outsource some of that stress to and some of the work to. So I, I think our philosophy is this more personal kind of casual delivery where, you know, using me as the example, if you walk into my office, you're going to sit on a couch across from me and we're just going to have a conversation for an hour or two. And I'm not going to project, you know, fancy charts and tell you about how great we are. I'm going to understand what it is you're trying to figure out in your life and figure out if we can help. And then from that conversation, maybe it becomes a little more technical and we've got to bring in other resources. And it's, it's back to that, you know, credit union challenge. I don't want the perception to be that because it's more casual, the tools are missing in the background. What we have to do is then pull from other internal resources and sometimes external resources and bring things together for a client. I mean, I just, you know, I, I think it's consistent with how I'd want to interact with most professionals. Like, I, I like the idea of sitting down and getting to know somebody a little bit better. And when they have a problem, they're going to call me, period. Absolutely. As opposed to saying, well, which of the seven people should I get a hold of? Right. To have a conversation. Yeah. Right. Talk about their situation. Um, I can't help. I, I really want you to elaborate on the Special Needs Planning Center, if you don't mind. I think sure. it's truly special and unique and awesome, right? And it, it really reflects and embodies what it is that Community America does overall. Yep. And I, I can't, I, I know when I, I came on here six years ago, I think you were, you and Scott were two of the first people I interacted with yeah. on, I think we're changing a website or something like that. Right. And um, I really got to know what it is you guys do and how much you go above and beyond. Can you talk just, I mean, just briefly a little bit, yeah. however much you're comfortable um, about what that process is like and working with a family that's going through whatever they might be going through, um, and really helping them prepare for the future and, and set those goals and in a little different way, right? I mean, you're yeah. almost reverse planning in some ways to try to take care of uh, a, a different situation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I hope that, that that experience changes or, or, or has changed the way that I interact with every client, whether they have a child with special needs or not. And I hope that that permeates kind of throughout the rest of, of the group over time. Because I, I just think that it's, it's the recognition that there are something far more important than the money in the background. That's the kind of start of this. So to, to give early kudos. So, you know, a couple years into the business, uh, my business partner on that side, Scott Adams joined the firm I was at. He was going through the process of adopting his oldest son who has special needs. And they now um, have three children with special needs, Scott and his wife, Lisa. Um, they were going through that process. And it was just kind of the confluence of a bunch of things you didn't expect. Like I happened to be serving on a board that was, was called the Mid-America Games for the Disabled, but it was, it was like a local Paralympic event. And the firm we were at, ironically enough, was bought by a big insurance company that was trying to start a program in that space. And we thought, well, that's, that's interesting. Scott had the kind of personal experience. Um, I had this interest that existed prior to me meeting him or starting any of that. And it, you know, I think it opened our, our eyes to the fact that there was something there that was different that these families were looking for than what they're going to get from a traditional advisor. But, man, did we, like, fully underappreciate those differences. Sure. It's just a different... It's just a different deal. I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying there could be three meetings with a family before we talk about an account, you know? So I think from our end, I, I'm kind of proud of the patience we had there. That's not how the financial advisory business works, right? We're incentivized to, to, to manage assets. I'm proud of what we build and that I think we helped a lot of families just find comfort. There was somebody to call. And, you know, what we learned about the process was that there wasn't, there wasn't a, a process or a, a singular plan that you applied to every family. So it wasn't like, hey, this is what we do, and if you're interested in it, here's how we do it. 
it was the complete reverse. If if you're the, the youngest family I ever had come to me, they their son wasn't even born yet, but they knew he was going to be born with Down syndrome. Like they were in front of it, right? At the other end of the spectrum, you have families who walk in and their, I'm using air quotes, son or daughter are 65 years old. And they're now thinking about, you know, legacy issues. Man, those couldn't be more different conversations. And so it just, you know, what we kind of became, I think pretty quickly was, was this kind of duo that realized like this needs to be our singular focus to do it right. You just have to fully engage. And so it's about social benefits and social security and interacting with the school system and, 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 you know, kind of growing into teenage years and there's just isolation concerns and school concerns. You transition to adulthood and start thinking about some form of independence and, are my kids going to school? Are they going to forever need care? Like there are just all these little black holes these families can fall into where they just don't know who to call. Mm-hmm. And so we just became this like living resource directory. Like you call me and say, this is our situation. And if we didn't know how to do it, we just had, our job was to figure it out. So the interesting path back to the credit union there was that, you know, we thought that, that we were doing it in a unique way. We were committed to it. You know, we went from a couple guys in Kansas city where we had an advisor in Dallas, we had an advisor in New York. We were going back and forth to Vegas. Like we thought this was going to be a big thing. We, we, it was wrong. What we found out was to do it right, like you have to focus on home and you have to know everything about the community these families are going to live in and what resources are available and how to tie those together. And it all kind of coincided with being approached by the credit union. I just, I just remember when, when the first question came from Mike, you know, there was a board member that had a personal situation that was attached to the special needs community and asked the question, can we do this? And the credit union took it upon themselves to figure out, well, we don't, but how can we? And so I, th- I think to this day, the credit union has something unique in that because you now have 20 years of experience doing that. And there aren't that the, it's not that there aren't other advisors who do it. Um, and I'm glad there are because there needs to be a bunch of us. But it, it's, you know, you can tell I kind of get passionate about it. I'm, I'm proud of what it, it's, it's become. Um, and it doesn't mean we're perfect. But I, I just think we've been kind of that comfy couch for a lot of people over 20 years where they could come in and just kind of let go. Like, I don't even know where to begin here's my story. And at the end of that, it's either us or somebody else, but we can direct them. It's like just giving them that first step so they know where to go first, man. It's, it's, you know, it's rewarding. Totally. It It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. Um, Nobody would know this because they weren't a part of our conversation before we got on the air, but we were talking about basketball. So I found a quote actually, and I I figured you were going to talk about challenges, but John Wooden said, do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Yeah. You know, so what you've taken on as a responsibility, not just to you and your family, but to all these other families, to our members at the credit union, is is the opportunity to help people overcome. Yep. I think that's great. And that's what we stand for, right? That's part of our mission. Um, do you have any regrets? Oh, sh- you know, sure. I mean, I think you, you there's individual decisions you would look back and say, oh, well, that was boneheaded. I would have maybe done that different. But I also think when you kind of take a step back and look at them in aggregate, like I think without some of the bonehead stuff I've done, I wouldn't, this, this wouldn't have worked the way that it did. Yeah. You know, just, I think if you look back and regret, like to put it into business terms, like you could look back and say, well, if we would have done this different or could the special needs planning center become this, or, you know, you look at those, those firms that, that have the $40 billion and say, well, why not me? But it, it's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a lot of our advisors. And I, maybe some people perceive that as a negative, but, Man, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's a group, and I'm, I'm in this camp, like I would rather have these kind of intimate relationships with people 
that just don't feel like work versus that constant hustle where you feel like, okay, it's 20 billion. How do I get to 25? Like there's plenty of firms that will do that and, and God bless them. But I just, you kind of look back at it. There are moments there, you know, the transition to the credit union was interesting for me. That was completely different. I'd never had a, a paycheck, a 401k, anything in my life. Right. It was, we were out on our own doing what we did. We came over like, well, that was a big reset. Right. And after a couple of years, you look back and like, well, that worked out exactly how it was supposed to. And then I, you know, I made the big decision to kind of take a turn inside of our business and work some with the group and kind of more broadly trying to grow wealth management, the credit union. That was a big decision. You go through all these what ifs and all of a sudden you wake up a few years later, like, man, I'm in the perfect. It's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You grow the wave, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's nice, man. That's great. Well, I'm going to transition a little bit. So I know I could talk about your life all day. I really could. I mean, it's great, but uh, let's talk about other people. Yeah, for a minute. you know, I, I imagine yeah. you've got a barrage of questions that come your direction, and and you don't even know how to prepare for them. And I tried to do that here for you today, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> do that too badly. But what are some of the top questions people have when you first engage with them in in any kind of conversation around goal setting, financial planning? You know, I'm sure there's a consistent theme at least, or something that comes up quite a bit. For sure. Yeah, I think honestly, I think there's two. Like you can almost whittle it down to. One is, you know, am I doing okay? It's, it's it, have I done enough? Like people want to know where they're at relative to peer. They want me to pat them on the back and say, yeah, you're, you're good. So it's just, it, are we okay? Am I okay? The, the other one is just where the heck do I start? Yeah. And that's like, that's broad, right? It could come from a thousand different sources, but no matter what their concern is, I've, I've got a son with special needs who's always going to be in some way dependent on me. Where do I start? I haven't started preparing for retirement. I'm 42. Where do I start? Yep. I've done a great job saving. I've been a disciplined investor, but I want to retire. And it's time for me and my husband to figure out what comes next. Where do I start? You know, at the end of the day, it's one of those two things. Yep. Have you seen, have you seen that change, the climate we're in, right? The, the, the global pandemic, right? I mean, yeah. who isn't affected by this? Yep. As it relates specifically as you jump into this and, and planning for that that question, where do I start, right? Does is, is there Has there been sort of a variance there as we've lived through this last eight, nine months and, and, and knowing yeah. it's going to continue? You know, in those trying times, whether it's something kind of brought on around a family or if it's something happening in the family, you know, maybe there's that, that third question of am I going to be okay? Yeah. You know, there's some stress going on in life. This one happens, I think, to be outside of most of our control, right? But there are some financial pressures that can come with that. And people, whether they have nerves about the election or they're worried about their job or they're worried about the economy more broadly or their health or their family or whatever, like this is just one of those times where, you know, we always like to think we're living in these completely unique times and often times that's not the case, right? We've kind of been through it before. This one's kind of unique. There's a lot going on that... Um, you can feel that stress sometimes when you talk to people, but you know, the job there is just to kind of be that calming influence that that's why this plan is in place for a reason, right? So when somebody calls you in the middle of the throes of the market drops in March and everybody's freaked out because of five horrible weeks and none of us want to look at our 401k and somebody calls like, what do I do? It's like, the answer is usually nothing, right? Nothing's changed at home. The plan hasn't changed. You know, if we prepared appropriately, then you weather it and sure enough, you know, put it on the market turn around seven, eight months later, things are back where they were. Now there's a lot of other stresses still out there. So I'm not saying everything's okay, but point there is just, you've, 
you're kind of that sounding board for somebody, I think. So if, if, if the question is, am I going to be okay, then you know, your job is to try to put that plan in place to help them feel that same confidence you might. You get so attached to your money that it's hard for you not to be emotional about it. For sure. It's a little different when you're sitting across the table and you have these conversations all day. You can be a little bit less emotional, and, and, and hopefully you can kind of relay that back to the family. Help them play the long game, right? Yeah. Right? Plan for the future, not necessarily for the present. I mean, you got to be able to get groceries, though. Right. I suppose. <laughs> so... <clears throat> but all that, right, everything you've talked about has really been about relationships, understanding the situation people are in, um, you know, planning for the long term. Where do you start, no matter where you are? And that's a conversation. What do you think the future of investing, financial planning looks like, given we're in this digital age? I, there's The word robo-advisor comes up all the time. It drives me crazy. I don't yep. even know how to define that. I mean, I do to a point, but it's it's certainly not something you explain to somebody or anybody's explaining because they're they're either stumbling upon it They've been served an advertisement, you know, they Googled something and, yeah. and it popped up and you can, you can make some mistakes or you can rely on AI and data to make decisions for you and your money and people are doing it. Right. right. Um, so how, how are you dealing with that? How's your team dealing with that? How are we at the credit union dealing with that and, and helping inform people and educate, you know, what, when that's a good idea, how we can use that to supplement your plan, yep. uh, whatever that might be. You know, what are your thoughts? I've, I've come around fully on it, man. I think it's, yeah. I think it's positive. And, and that's coming from a guy that early on, like that's, that's the future competition. Like you would read about that eliminating my profession and I've completely come around on it. I, I think it's, it's in some ways made investing available to the masses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talked about firms earlier that said, if you have a half million dollars, come talk to us. Well, the truth is, because of improvements in technology and some of these things, those same types of portfolios are largely available to everyone at a much, much smaller amount. And, you know, there's going to be a finite number of, of advisors in our profession. I mean, the numbers are actually crawling back a little bit. And I, so I think there's there's a space there to fill where for those that are inclined to do some of this on their own, it gives them access to tools that they need. Now, I would make the case that when you get into when it's when it's more than just a portfolio is the way I'd put this. If you are just looking for someone to manage a portfolio for you, there are a lot of really low cost ways to access that and get professional management. But if if you're dealing with the source of your questions, if if you have a loved one with special needs, AI is not going to tell you what to do, right? If you're kind of grieving through the loss of a parent and financially you're sorting through all these things and helping them sort out their estate plan, that computer's not going to tell you what to do, right? So I've kind of come around to the idea that those tools are useful, um, especially maybe for someone who who is interested in that. It kind of wants to do something on their own. Like, I think it's great they've got access to that stuff. I just think eventually you're going to grow into a need where you're going to need some human interaction on the other side of that. And I think I really like the direction we're going as a firm. Like I said, I think we've embraced it. I think that kind of our tool set's going to continue to expand and so people can access us more easily. And at the end of the day, whether they're dealing with one of our advisors or they're using some type of digital tool, there's going to be somebody live behind that they have access to. So if the comfortable place for somebody to start, if, if somebody's scared to walk in my office and say, I want to start saving $25 a month because that's what they can afford, but they can do it online now and that gets them down the path, awesome, yeah. Right eventually there's going to be a question that comes up that they need somebody to work through with them. And then that's where we'll step in. So it's patience, man. Where's, 
we've got a lot of members we need to take care of, and, and our group has to do a better job of that. I think part of the way we get there is just making it easier for them to get to us and then just be ready to help when, when they ask. And that destination of hope. Yeah. All right, I'm going to jump to some final questions, okay. okay? This is a segment I think we're going to try to do going forward. I don't know. We'll see how we'll see it goes We'll see how this today, one goes right? first, yeah. right? hey, you're the guinea pig, the gerbil on the wheel behind the technology we were just talking about. So final questions. We opened up talking about CUNY America's mission and purpose, right? Our, our, our mission is to deliver financial peace of mind to our members, really people, no matter what life stage they're in. I think that we, we heard a lot about that as, as far as it relates to your business, right? Yep. What would you say your mission and purpose is? Yeah, so I, I, I've actually, this is something I kind of think about often, and this is going to sound weird, I think, so I don't want this to sound like I'm, I'm not talking myself up. This is like admitted imperfection trying to be better. I want to walk out of every room having left it a little bit better. And like the, I don't even remember where I picked it up. Like it was, it was the strangest thing. It was something like if, you know, you walk into a room, there's a piece of trash on the floor. You're the person that picks it up and throws it away. You leave the room a little bit better. You leave every interaction trying to like leave something with that person or take something of value from that conversation, just kind of appreciate the moment. So that's me. And I'm not great at it. Like it's hard to stay in the moment. I think we all have struggles with it. We're all busy, right? You have got, I got kids running around. I've got stuff in the back of my mind 24 seven, but trying to just slow down for a second when you're interacting with somebody and feel like, you know, you both left the conversation just a little bit better. You know, I think that little tiny goal in every interaction turns into to big things. Man, that's so good. That's so good. And that could be done just by saying thank you. That's going to be that small. Yeah. That's a world we live in now where you, you just say thank you for your time or, hey, it was good to see you it, it, or picking up the trash yep. or, you know, it's the whole, helping I, the old lady across the street, right? But mean, in today's world, that can take so many different it forms. It sounds silly. I think there's appreciation, at least the way I feel about it. It's like you don't know where that other person's at today, right? right? They're having a crappy day well the job's not to make it worse right it's just to kind of pause for a second and even if all you do is you know give them the head not give them a high give them a little bit of attention or love who knows how far that goes man so it's you know part of where it came from was um i read this short dinky little book i probably read it four or five times and i have to because i'm dense and it doesn't soak in but it's such an easy read i can go back to it but it's called the compound effect and it's just like all these little things you do add up to really big things so you have this big ambitious goal you could feel like you're never going to get there. If instead you look at these little micro interactions or days or whatever it is, it's like, you know, it's me not picking up a pop a day, right? I want pop doesn't matter. If I make that same decision every day for six months, I'm going to feel better. Yeah. So it's just those, those tiny little things. Yeah. In my book was who moved my cheese. It's very similar. <laughs> Seriously, it's a good, those are, that's, I'll check that out. All right. I got another one here. Yeah. What is the biggest finance? Now, if you don't, if you want to, this is too personal, you can tell me, no. but I feel like we can, this will help us to get to know Heath Birch and what, how he can help others, right? What's the biggest financial challenge that you've ever had, and how did you get through it? Yeah. Um, man, there was, to me, it was kind of the broader challenge of knowing when to take risks and when not. Like, dumb 22-year-old gets into the business, all these kind of plans, like, I'm, I want to go start my own thing. And so you, you just kind of jump without a safety net and do it. Um, being able to, to make the right decision when it's, do I take that risk or do I play a conservative is tough for someone like me because I, I love the idea and I'm also a bit conservative by nature. So the kind of that dichotomy and working through that, you know, and then I think sometimes it's when I decide to go, I've created financial challenges for myself that I think I've matured out of, but like in my twenties, for example, 
you know, start making good money, man, I got some nasty tax bills at the end of the year that I just, you would get. And I would sit there and, you know, my wife, my girlfriend at the time just looked at me. I was like, you're going to be good. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to figure it out. But God, that was stupid. Right. right. So there's nobody immune. Anybody who tells you that they've made good decisions all the way through with their money is lying. Like we've, we've just all made bad decisions. What you try to do is learn from it. And, um, you know, so mid forties now, like I, I feel like financially I have worked through how personally I have to handle things to put myself in a good spot. And this, this short of it for me is like, I just I automate everything. Like I commit to something I'm going to do. I put it on autopilot so I can't talk myself out of it. So I had to learn those things about myself, but yeah, we've, we've all had our, no, our no mistakes. Doubt. No question. Well, I appreciate you answering. Yeah. All right. Last one. A little background here. So we, we community America talk, we talk about ourselves as, I don't know that we use this terminology, but I'm going to use it today as the give back place, right? Yeah. We, we give back in so many different ways, whether it's, you know, I'm going to try and be like salesy here. It's just awesome that we do it. We have profit payout. We just, for, for doing your everyday banking, like you normally would and having a relationship with us, we have a relationship with you. We're not for profit. We yep. give back money to our members. We are involved in so many things in the community. It's really, it's a source of pride for so many of us. So we, we really, truly put our members at the heart of everything we do, and we give back to the place that we live. Yep. So it's a better place to live, work, and play, yep. right? Um, where do you like to give back with your time, money, with your family's time? You know, that's all valuable, right? What's, what's your passion point, um, yeah. and, and how do you give back? Well, it, it became easy for me, I think, based on some of our background in the special needs space, because I saw... I, I developed this appreciation that there were families that had much bigger challenges than what I was, what I was taking home. Like it's a dose of, of perspective every single day. And so a lot of the things I've given back to over the last 20 years have been in that space. I mean, one of the, I'm, I'm in year five of not being able to say no to, to one of my favorite organizations in the world and serve as the chair of their board and I've served on another, a number of boards. So like the time outside of my home tends to be around that. The truth is I'm a bit selfish and, and I really feel like my job right now is to put my time into my kids. So I'm, I'm kind of defensive of that stuff. Like when I'm at work, I'm, I'm ready to work. Um, and it can bleed into the night, no doubt. But like, if you ask me to assign, what am I going to do outside of that? I'm a bit of a hermit, frankly, because I've, I've got this short window that I appreciate with those guys that drive me nuts. But, you know, focus on those three boys, because in a few years, they're going to be launched. And I'm going to go from cool to not cool and from smart to not smart. I'll have plenty of time for my own stuff. What do you like to do with them? Man, it doesn't have to be, they're just, you know, boys are kind of goofy little dumb things like I was, right? It could be anything. It's, you know, with the seven-year-old, it could be just playing catch the football Yeah. because the stuff that he'll tell you in that 20 minutes is awesome. The older ones are a little bit different, but I'll just soak up whatever it is. I, you know, it's, again, it's, it's selfish, but where I've pulled it from is, is if you spend 20 years having conversations with families who enlarge are 20 years older than you, Every day you're going to hear somebody tell you, man, enjoy it. It's going to go fast. Man, enjoy it. It's going to go faster. I wish my kid was still seven. So you hear it enough, and it doesn't mean I'm a perfect dad, man. I'm not. Like, there are nights where it's just like it's time for everybody to go to bed. Mm-hmm. But, like, I appreciate the heck out of that stuff because I know I'm going to miss it. The other thing I've picked up from talking to clients is no matter how many kids we have, we're always going to wish we had one more. I, every client I've ever talked to is like, man, I wish I would have had one more kid. So I just soaked in, man. I put my time into that. I, I, I try to, to give what little bit I can outside of that, but I don't know, I kind of feel like my job's a little bit of the same, man. The stuff we get to do every day is pretty cool, so that feels like you get to kind of give back and get paid for it all day. A lot of awake hours at work. You all love what you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I've said to my wife, Brooke, that oh, yeah, we should, 
have one more. I've said that a few <laughs> times, and she doesn't tend to agree with me on no, that one. But you know, it's hard to find center on that <laughs> stuff, man. Those are big questions. Uh, well, hey, it's been an absolute pleasure, Heath. This is like I said at the beginning here. You know, Heath, you're going to be a regular uh, host even on here. I don't even know if I'd be on here with you because, as we've talked about, we've got so many different topics and educating and informing that we can do from, you know things like an election that might be coming up (laughs) or another pandemic down the road or, you know, kids going off to college and how you plan for that or, you know, a retirement or coming into some kind of a, you know, somebody passes away or Mm -hmm. something like that. There's so many different situations. Compliance, why regulatory burdens are a thing for us and and maybe complicated, but really at the end end of the day, great for the consumer. And, and I think that there's a wealth of knowledge that you can not, no pun intended, but a wealth of knowledge that you can instill in, in our audience. And so I look forward to having future conversations with you and, and have another guest come on. I want to thank everybody here for joining us today because I know your time's valuable, right? And you've made a choice to spend your time with us. And our goal here was to try to be interesting, hoping you're going to come back. Uh, we've got great plans for the future to have great conversations. So Heath, do you have any parting words? No, I'm just excited to ask questions and not be the one answering them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, You did great. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Talking about what you love is fun, right? Yeah. And and then helping others is just, it's an honor. It's a, it's an honor. So if you guys want to learn more about Community America, you can visit our website, communityamerica.com. We've got 32 branches in the Kansas City area. We've got advisors left and right across the city. Um, all that information is on our website. We're on pretty much every social media handle that you can think of, except for a few, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's pretty much really hard to miss us. And that's been a goal of ours yep. uh, for, for some time now. Because we know that we can do so much good in this in this world. So I want everybody out there to stay safe, be well, and keep the conversation going. Thanks for spending your time with us. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be viewed as personalized financial advice. You should speak with your own financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Matt Johnson is an employee of Community America Credit Union, and Heath Birch is an employee of Community America Financial Solutions, LLC. Securities and advisory services offered through Community America Financial Solutions, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Community America Financial Solutions, LLC is a wholly owned subsidiary of Community America Credit Union. Products offered through Community America Financial Solutions, LLC are not NCUA, NCUSIF, or otherwise federally insured, are not guarantees or obligations of the credit union, and may involve investment risk, including possible loss of principal. The opinions are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Community America Credit Union, Community America Financial Solutions LLC, or any of their affiliates. Wealth Management by Community America is a marketing name used by Community America Financial Solutions LLC.